Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez and... Hello. Thomas P. Dorian. Greetings to you, Dee. Yeah, so we're all... I never have said greetings, I don't think. Greetings and welcome. So it's good that you're here. Good both of you guys are here. Good being here. Good to to be had here. Yeah, to be... Have some donuts, you know, with sprinkles. Donuts are a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. You can have the sprinkles. I'm not a sprinkles guy. You're going to eat the sprinkles. Okay. It's kind of like sure, yeah, sure. Catholic teachings. It's everything. You have to take all of it, whether you like it or not. It's all or none. <laughs> That's exactly right. So that being said, Here we're we going to talk about one of the Catholic teachings that I think a lot of people still have a lot of difficulty with. Um, and not they don't usually oppose it as a teaching. They just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's confession. And you know, Tom... Have we ever covered that on this show? Uh, maybe about three or 400 times. Yeah, exactly. Really, just out of the 480 shows, yeah. uh, that's been probably 479 of them. Normally, it's like an aside, though. It's not like specific topic. Yeah, we've done a few that driven. were specifically on confession. And I think that uh, I think today we're going to talk about maybe going back to confession. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I know in my own history... Uh, there was a time where I was away from confession for a very long time, mm-hmm. and I know that a lot of us out there can get in the habit of not being in the habit of going to confession. Right. In other words, once we kind of put it off, next thing you know, it's like, ah, it's been five years. Yeah. And that time moves quickly. It does. I know somebody uh, very close to me who actually went a little over 20 years uh, without having gone to confession, mm-hmm. and uh, when he was, of course, very nervous going into the confessional. But the priest, when he opened up and saying, it's been about 20 plus years since my last confession, you know, obviously cringing, worried what the priest was going to say, the priest surprised him by saying, you know what, first, before you go any further, I just want to let you know that you're my hero. You know, he said that he said that he said, you're my hero because, you know, the longer you go, the harder it is to come Mm -hmm. back. And you made the choice to come back today. And I just want to let you know that. Uh, I, you're my hero, and there's a party being thrown in heaven right now. You, you're the hero yeah. of a lot of people in heaven, too. That's a prodigal son story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is awesome. It's a, it's be- beautiful. And uh, kudos to that priest. Yeah. Right? Because there may have been a time when uh, maybe he, that person didn't receive that kind of uh, welcome. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? And and uh, and, and so I, I just think that's uh, – it's one of the, the – the, uh, greatest challenges I think our church in modern day has, and that is getting folks to go to confession. If you look at the lines, I mean, this is all anecdotal. I don't have any data, but but coming occasionally on a Saturday, which is the typical parish time to have confessions before Sundays, right? So Saturday afternoon, somewhere right before the the, the vigil mass, they'll have an hour or so of confession, typically. Um, and it just seems like fewer and fewer people are going. Mm-hmm. Right and and the the line of the confessional seems to be really short and the line to communion seems to be really long and I just I just I just wonder there's you know, so many saints that we have uh, that's a beautiful sign <laughs> and you know what I hope that's the case and again I don't want to I'm not going to sit here and tell and, and I don't know I don't know anyone's heart I can't right. I can't look into their heart and see and and I'm certainly not going to make uh, proclamations of judgment or whatever because I don't know. Mm-hmm. All I do know is the own, my own difficulty, the own my own experience of like I don't really want to go. 
Mm-hmm. There's there's a part of me. There's a we'll call it the dark side. Mm-hmm. You know that doesn't want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we're going to kind of talk a little bit about that about you know about going to confession. How to make a good confession and what what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we. Sometimes just the battle is getting into the confessional. Mm-hmm. And then once we get in there, we think, like, it's all done. It's like, well, it's not really done. Right? I mean, because there's a process. Right. Well, for me, I think it's important to keep the, keep in mind that the process is a part of the larger process of answering the, the call to holiness. Right? It's not just about the fact that uh, we've done these things and that we've committed these sins and we're committing these sins in our life. And 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 we need to answer for it, right? It's also a matter of uh, wanting to actually grow in holiness and actually become like Christ by His grace. Mm-hmm. And for me, I had kind of two big moments in my life that really radically transformed my perspective on confession. Because I've been going to confession like pretty much weekly since October 2011. But you're a big sinner. But I'm a huge sinner, which is why I go. Yes, it's true. I'm just teasing. No, I am a huge sinner. Like, judge not, lest you be judged. Right. But but the reason I would, but you know, it, it, that's how, why it started originally was because I uh, it was I was having such difficulty getting anything right. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? That I was going weekly, but then eventually it just became a need to keep going weekly. But eventually it hit a point where it was like, okay, even when I'm in a good place spiritually, I'm confessing the same sins and I'm not really, I'm hitting a rut where I'm, I'm wondering if I'm doing this right, right? And I got some advice that really changed my life, which was to say that virtue, virtues are the lived attributes of Christ. And we were called to virtue. We're called to right. ma- manifest those lived attributes of Christ. And so, may- and they tend to be the, they're the antidotes. Right. Yes. Of of all of the the whatever the bad toxins, right? Yeah, of the, sin and, and all vice. discord. Yeah, vice. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, what God, uh, what this person put on my heart, and then eventually God put on my heart also through prayer is, why don't you change the way in which you review your week, mm-hmm. and look at situations where you may not typically stop and say, "Oh, I committed a sin. I need to take this into the confessional," but really ask yourself, put yourself in the position of that moment, and say, "Okay, now how would that moment be different if Jesus?" himself or stepping into that moment Mm -hmm. and realizing how much more gentle and compassionate and loving he would be than I was. And then letting that be convicting and start naming places where I'm falling short of that call to holiness. And it radically transformed my perspective on confession and really helped me grow in ways that I didn't even, didn't even realize I needed. Wow. So, you know, I'll tell you what though, that, that is fairly advanced in in theology, and I guess mature in spirituality. I guess that's like uh, confession, like two hundred one or three hundred one. <laughs> so if we let's go back to confession one hundred one, because you know, thank you. And I'm gonna look over to Tom and, and appreciate Tom. <laughs> that. <laughs> no, I but it. but don't you think there are folks out there listening going, that's great for you because you go to confession every week. Right. And, yeah, and, yeah. and what you just did, Sam, unknowingly, was alienate. You know, nine tenths of our audience. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not angry with you, but I want to point out. But two point nine million people. Are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. So I, I think that's beautiful because essentially you're fine tuning something that is. You know, but you're at a point where it's like, okay, I got over that that hump of going to confession, 
right, where you started going in a routine way. Well, I, I, I encounter people, especially men, almost every day who they won't always readily admit it, but after a little bit of discussion will essentially admit that they haven't been in a long time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes long time can be anywhere from six to eight months, you know, half a year, to uh, several of them are like, eh, it's been a couple of years. Which, if you were to ask me about uh, when's the last time something happened, I say it was a couple of years, I really mean five. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's tongue it down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, it's been a couple. We use words like couple and many and few right, to, to disguise five. the number. Five or more. Yeah. And it's usually, <laughs> right. And, and if it's five or more, it's usually going to be you 15. Can tell you have nine kids. <laughs> it's going to be 15 or 20. Yeah. And the reality is we can all easily get into that. Oh, yeah. Thing. And whether it's uh, shame or um, embarrassment or whether it's uh, just the inability to remember how to go to confession. Mm-hmm. I, I still remember the time that I was preaching and talking about my own personal experience of being away from a confession a long time. And I had printed out a, a one page. I came up with like a one page how to go to confession piece of paper. And I put them at all the entrances of the, of the church. And so at each one of the doors of the church kind of like where we put the bulletins or whatever but i put those sheets out there before i preached and i printed up 1500 of them for the parish because i was preaching a couple times in the weekend and so the the monday morning i went to pick up the leftover ones because i didn't want to uh you know you didn't want the pastor to go like look you're gonna collect all your you know your trash that you're laying around here and uh which he didn't say but i went to look and i i found zero of them so i went to investigate to find out where Somebody had probably collected them and put them somewhere in a pile. Said, "No, no, no, they're all taken." So, fifteen hundred people, for themselves or for others, uh, picked up this thing to say it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. And and because even when I was preaching, I said, "You know what? Take this into the confessional with you. Mm. I promise you, the priest will not kick you out for having a cheat sheet. Mm -hmm. In fact, he'll welcome you, especially if it's been a long time." And so that plus too, they probably have cheat sheets with with them already. Well, they do. I mean, if if you showed up, if you're one of those guys out there listening, and you're that I hadn't been to confession in two years, guy, and it's really five to ten years, just go because I promise you that priest is going to have cheat sheets in there. Well, he's going to walk he's, them through. Right, he's going to walk you through. So it's it's the same thing. It's like because it, what I tell people who haven't been in a long time is I'll say, look, first of all, just cross the threshold right right crossing the threshold is the is the first and, the, right. and that's 98 percent of the battle it is once you do that you're like hey i'm in here i'm kind of committed i'm going for Let's it do it and then once that happens sit down uh with the priest you can do it uh, anonymously or sitting face to face with the priest either way you say bless me father for i've sinned and it's been a whale of a time <laughs> right for me it's been a long time i don't even know how long so long that trust me you are not the first one to ever come in and say that right and then um i i promise you um with rare exception the priest is going to say it's okay and especially if you say father it's been so long i've forgotten how i'm embarrassed yeah. to say yeah. you know i'm a lifelong catholic i've forgotten how to go to confession mm-hmm. You know, he will gently walk you through that yeah. process. I've had priests tell me beautiful stories without, you know, divulging anything they shouldn't of of confessions of for long time uh, absentees mm-hmm. who that just they they end in in beautiful tears of just reconciliation. Both sides, right? Oh, absolutely. And the, yeah. and the priests love this they do. because it really makes them 
realize yeah. why they're a priest. That's exactly and what right. they're and it's and it's and it's like mano a mano. You know, it's like uh, it's right there, and it's just in the the, the confines. It's it's either face to face or just ear to ear, whatever mouth to mm-hmm. ear. And it's just so beautiful to see uh, and experience uh, from what these priests tell me. That I can only imagine how beautiful it is for the person that that receives that grace for the first time in so many years. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine, you know, having that clogged shower drain, Ugh. you know, that's just been like, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, it's perfectly clear, oh, and everything's yeah, wonderful. It's just yeah. there's something about just cleaning out the, you know, the the sin pipes. And there, it's everything is clear, and all of a sudden, grace just flows. I can honestly say, Sam, I've never heard confession in that analogy before. No, was, me neither. That was excellent. <laughs> yeah. was very Shou- well played. Well, right, very good. Well, I've got a dirty shower sometimes, you know, and it's like <laughs> you know, you take a shower, and it's like it's up to your ankles, you know, <laughs> and you're thinking this isn't good, That's good. right? Uh, and pretty soon we drown <laughs> in our in our sinfulness, you know. So uh, right, so getting there is half the battle. Now we have more to talk about in going back to confession. Uh, and uh, and and really just sort of getting uh, mercy in motion, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, in the confessional. Uh, but we're going to take a break first. Uh, before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Also, look for us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. Awesome. Wonderful. So, with that, we'll be right back. And this is another great moment in church history. Throughout history, Catholics have contributed greatly to the development of society, promoting government based upon justice and the dignity of the human person. One prime example of a great church statesman was Stephen Langton, the Archbishop of Canterbury. Born in 1150 in Lincolnshire, England, Stephen studied theology in Paris. His piety and love of God won him the respect of other clerics, including the future Pope Innocent III. He was elevated to Archbishop of Canterbury in 1207. At that time in church history, the books of the Bible were not subdivided. Typically written in scrolls, the only separation would be a space at the end of each line of sacred text. Archbishop Langton divided the books of the Bible into chapters so they could be more easily referenced and studied. These chapter divisions are the ones still used today. With a strong personal devotion to the Holy Spirit, Archbishop Langton is also credited with authoring the prayer, Vini Spiritus Sanctus, or Come Holy Spirit, which is often part of the liturgy at Pentecost. This love of the scriptures and devotion to the Holy Spirit guided Archbishop Langton to have a profound impact upon the development of human rights. At that time in England, there was a great political crisis as the reigning King John had rescinded several of the rights granted to barons by his predecessor, King Henry I. Archbishop Langton led a group of barons in a struggle against the king Furious with the archbishop's actions, the king declared anyone who followed the archbishop a public enemy. But the clergy of England, as well as the pope, were fully supportive of Archbishop Langton. Several negotiations occurred among the parties to try and secure the rights of barons against the king. 
Ultimately, in 1215, Archbishop Langton led a council of churchmen in Westminster, which drafted the Magna Carta, the first great statement of individual liberties, which was ultimately signed by King John. This great statement of rights is the forerunner of other codifications of rights, including the Bill of Rights, which is part of the American Constitution. Archbishop Langton should serve as an example to Catholics in our modern day to study the scriptures, seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and stand up to oppressive governments to protect the rights of all persons. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff. Surprise, surprise. Yes, you are. <laughs> and uh, you are Thomas B. Dorian. Yes, sir. And you are Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. All right. So, um, the uh, you know, we're talking about going back to confession. And we're talking about maybe the, the obstacles people might have. But I, I think one of the obstacles is I think people, like when I was away for a long time uh, as a younger man, I think one of the obstacles I had was do I really actually have to go through that? Does God actually care if I go through that process? Mm. And can words, I just go straight to Jesus? Yeah, well, right. Uh, now, we've talked about the straight to Jesus because confession to, is actually really straight to Jesus because the priest is in persona Christi, right, right? right? So it's like, yeah, so you're actually going straight to Jesus. But in our mind, we convince us that if we go into a room and we close the door and we turn all the lights off and we say, God, I'm so sorry, Right, that I killed my neighbor's goat. Right, and so and we do that, and then God says to us because we can feel that forgiveness just pour over us. It's okay; you don't have to go and embarrass yourself in front of some stranger in a little booth. You are forgiven, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we convince ourselves that's what really happens, but we miss so much when we do that. And and I, I wanted to read just a little bit out of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Paragraph number 1484, and this hopefully for all of us Catholics who are listening, that this is something we need to understand why we do what we do and how we do it. So it says, individual, integral confession and absolution remain the only, note the word only there, the only ordinary way for the faithful to reconcile themselves with God and the church, unless physical or moral impossibility excuses from this kind of confession. There are profound reasons for this. Christ is at work in each of the sacraments. He personally addresses every sinner. My son, your sins are forgiven. He is the physician tending each one of the sick who need him to cure them. He raises them up and reintegrates them into fraternal communion. Personal confession is thus the form most expressive of reconciliation with God and with the church. So it doesn't say that it's impossible to be reconciled to the church. But this is the only ordinary way. Confession is the way that basically Jesus set up. Mm-hmm. And we've had shows on confession. You can look them up online and see where we show you scripturally where this comes from. But like prof- the most profound example is in the 20th chapter of John, right? When, when Jesus breathes on the apostles and gives them the authority to forgive sins, mm-hmm. right? He wouldn't have done that unless he wanted them to use that authority. So within, you know, a short period of time after Jesus ascends into heaven and they're, they're, they're busy building this church, they're hearing confessions, mm-hmm. right? And so this is the way Jesus wants us to be reconciled so that we can be personally healed by him. So for those people that think that like, well, you know, it's really just as good, 
Well, your church doesn't teach that, and there's a reason right. why. It's it's the same thing as like in a in, in a another example. It's just as good if I if I go, you know, and if I'm if I'm sick, if I just lay down in my bed and just kind of just deep breathing exercises and just kind of lay there and relax. And that that's fine if you're having stress, but if you've got pneumonia or if you've got some other kind of infection, you know, you're less likely your deathbed, right? right. You, you need to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And so in confession, this is an opportunity we have uh, really to do that. Now, going back to confession, how to make a good confession. What what do you think about people who, um, well, you, you mentioned, um, Sam, that, you know, you were confessing the same sin all the time. Cause, and that people get into habits, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Especially men, we get into habits and we... Think like I'm just going to go back and confess over, over and over the same thing. Right, right. Can't Father, can you go and give me like a twelve pack? So when I go there, can you go ahead and give me like a twelve pack of absolutions? Can I go ahead and buy pre buy some? You know, <laughs> if I say enough hail marys, can I get a twelve pack? Because I'm going to keep doing that would this be cool. sin. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be? But it's not. <laughs> no. You can't get pre absolutions. No. You know, dispensations from confession. It doesn't work that way. No, right, because every day is a new day and a day that we need God's grace, mm-hmm. and so we, we we don't do that. But what about for those folks, Sam, that, that struggle with some of the same problems? So something that was a big game changer for me was the Our Lady Undoer of Knots devotion. And I love that. I just love the title. Oh, yes. Our yes. Lady Undoer of Knots. I mean, I, I, I utilize her um, her patronage and her um, you know intercession every time I go out in my tool shed and I get the extension cord out, <laughs> you know, because I usually get really upset when the kids have, like, wrapped the extension cords up and they're all bundled together. And I've got this big, giant goose egg of an extension cord, but that's not really what we're talking about. <laughs> well, so it goes back to Irenaeus, where Irenaeus said in the same way that 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 our lady by her uh, obedience undoes the knot of eve's disobedience yeah and and it's inviting her to undo the knots in our lives and a knot can be oftentimes for me it's a persistent sin but it can be any sort of obstacle for grace uh, obstacle to grace including just like a relationship that is just very clearly well, think off. about think about a knot in like an oxygen line yes right and 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 if you got that knot you're you can't breathe exactly right? so in those kind of situations you know you you don't want there to be and for us uh, we need an untire of knots Yes. Uh, because we're having problems with free-flowing grace in our lives. And, and, and so what I would do is I would go – so I have a regular confessor, and he helps me once a month choose a knot. And that's sort of my monthly metanoia where it's like, okay, I'm going to focus on this one knot, and I have, I'll do a novena of rosaries and try to do those rosaries as much as possible in front of the Blessed Sacrament where possible and really invite Our Lady to undo that particular knot in my life. And then on the ninth day, I'll go into the confessional. And, uh, and zap the knot with uh, my my priest's uh, help, and uh, and that's the I found that has been very very powerful, and it's really helped me break through sins that seemed impossible to address, and it's uh, it's also helped awaken me to the, just the need for sacramental grace. It's not just about we're trying to get rid of a sin; we're trying to get built up in mm, sacramental yeah. grace. And see, I, again, this uh, so so confession is not a process of uh, essentially going and doing um, penance for or essentially paying for sins you've done. Mm. Right? We, we have to get we have to get past the uh, 
the idea that we're going and exchanging. We're still going there and saying like, hey, uh, I did this, and so now I, I, I'm, I'm not doing this. Really, it's about the reception of grace, and then and then using that grace to live in virtue. Because mm. and that will that will change everything. Mm-hmm. Now, for those who uh, end up being just a little, um, they're just afraid for whatever reason. Remember, the priest is there in persona Christi. Jesus welcomes you. Fear not. No, fear not. Exactly. Uh, just you, you are you are invited into the confessional, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, it's it's so it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And don't worry. But then, then some people think like, well, I've got this one really big sin. It's a mortal sin. It's terrible, you know. And then and they think that they're going to spend forty five minutes, you know, in there talking about all these little sins, and then they're going to finally bring that big one up. Me, I like to I like to just go right in there with the with the heavy guns, you know. Just go ahead and say the big thing. Just rip the bandaid off. Yeah, because then and then it's like, wow, you know that. Then you what you find out is it wasn't painful, right? You 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 instantly see grace. You instantly feel relieved, yeah. like in this Huge great load burden lifted. is off your shoulders, mm-hmm. and it's amazing how if you've had this lifelong or very very long burden, you've been carrying this weight on your shoulders. You know, one thing that also comes to mind, I think a lot of us naturally, when we're coping with uh, knowledge of sins that we have, we want to come up with a story and explain our sins in the context yeah. of a story. That's not the best way uh, to approach a confession. And it's a lot, and it can become a, an obstacle to go into confession. You say, like, like I got to get my story straight. <laughs> you know, I really want to be able well, to. And also, hopefully, a good priest will help you understand that, look, dude, you know, having an, ex- an explanation for this. Right. Doesn't really help because it doesn't matter because you you know it, yeah you maybe had a yes you were under a lot of stress or you were financially uh, you know in a bad place and that's why you had to steal the thing is you know the reality is there is a good story and God already knows the good story right you don't really have to to do that just name the sin just yeah. name it uh, and you can even say you're ashamed you can say I'm upset that I do- I've done this I've fallen short I I don't know what else to say and, and the priest can say well you know what. You just need to say I love you because God's saying I love you to you. I mean, just and this becomes a conversation of love uh, at that point, and mm-hmm. it's no longer. I mean, you don't need to explain. So, like, like when Tom has an argument with Cindy, yeah, right. He can spend a go. lot of time, you know, <laughs> talking about why he did what he did, right, right. But really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you love her no matter what, right. and you, you, she forgives you, you forgive her, and that's that. This is all about forgiveness and and welcome. And it's not about explaining yourself. Lose, you've got some explaining to do. You know, it's not, you don't have to explain anything. Right. So you need to come to confession. Come back to confession. Fear not. Fear not. Just go. Amen. And let's ask the Blessed Mother to pray for all those who are thinking about going back to confession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, endure of knots, pray, pray for, for us. us. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.